0: From the Dark Watchers of California to the Gray Man of Scotland, are there giant shadowy creatures that watch our every move? And then we take a trip to the Black Bamboo Forest of China, a mountainous region almost constantly surrounded by fog. What lies beyond the mist, nobody knows, because everyone who goes there simply Disappears today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. Just a few quick things, I thought they were interesting. One, I found a website where they talk about solar plexus clown gliders. If you remember, I did an episode on them back in, I think it was like episode 65, it was a long time ago found a website, and I was like, oh, cool, more information. This will be awesome. I went to the website, and I'll be in the show notes. I'm the information. I'm listed as one of the known victims of the Solar Plexus Clown Glider. It's like, known victim. Known victims include Dead Rabbit podcast host Jason Carpenter. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I was a victim of it. It was so weird to see myself. In a wiki article, and then they included a bit of a transcript of that episode. Very, very odd, but it's cool. That's a good way to get the show out there. You know, I was like, I'm going to get a couple listeners from that at least. And it's in the preliminary stages right now. But I sent off an audition video for a Netflix show called Haunted. It's like true stories of ghosts. But I sent on my story, I sent on my Shadow People story. I did that episode. I think that was episode like 75 or something like that. I sent them the story about the shadow people invasion. And they're like, oh, that story was really scary. Let's see a video of you. So I did. I did the video and I was like, hey, my name is Jason Cook. I'm from Hood River. Here's the story. It's like a quick little three minute video. Sent it off to him. I'll keep you guys informed. I put down as my occupation, podcast host, maybe get a couple listeners from that as well. So we'll see. We will see. I'll keep you guys informed how the Netflix thing goes. That would be cool though, wouldn't it? I, and this is the plan. I'm not going to tell my mom. If if I get the show, I'm not going to tell my mom. The next time I see her, I'll just be like, hey, I know you're not really into spooky stuff, but let's watch this show Haunted. Let's watch this show on Netflix. And we'll just turn it on and she'll be like, ah! So, anyways, I'll let you guys know how that goes. Let's go ahead and get started with the episode, though. First story I want to talk about is something I'd heard about a long time ago. Really kind of creeped me out. I actually have this old friend named Katie. I haven't talked to her. I think she goes by Catherine now, but I haven't talked to her in a long time. But she told me she goes to her... The creepiest thing is when people just stand there staring at you. I was like, really? She goes, yeah. Imagine you're late at night sitting at your house. You look out a window and someone's just staring at you from the field or your front yard or wherever you're at. And I go, yeah, that would be kind of creepy. And she's like, yeah, just the idea of them staring at me would be terrifying. I said, yeah. And then they like run to your front door. She's like, no, 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 no. If they do something, then it's not scary anymore to her. If they try to break into the house, then it all makes sense. Or if they run away, then it makes sense. But just them staring at her was the scary part. Once they did any other action, it didn't become scary. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But it makes sense. That's where we're kind of segueing into this story. The story of the Dark Watchers. We're going to Santa Lucia Mountains, which sounds familiar to me. So I think we've been there before. But the Santa Lucia Mountains is in California. And to get there, we're simply going to hike. We're actually not going to use any vehicles this time. We're going to hike. Because that's how the people experience these things. But we do have our official Dead Rabbit walking sticks. So we're going to use those. They're in the shape of a normal stick. But they have a... The Dead Rabbit logo head is on the top. So it's a pretty dope looking Gandalf staff. With a ceramic... That's probably not very safe. With a steel Dead Rabbit logo head on top. Created by Ash Black. Now it makes it really heavy, but we might need them for defensive tools. We're walking through a chasm, like a valley, through the Santa Lucia Mountains. If you and so this is the way the story goes. If you walk through the area, the valley of the mountains, either at midnight or at dawn and you look up at the mountains, look up at the dark peaks of the range around you, you will see them. Descriptions vary. Sometimes they're 7 feet tall. Sometimes they're 15 feet tall. Damn, dude, that gives Big, that makes Bigfoot look like a normal person. Makes Bigfoot look like a chump. 15 feet tall. Sometimes just the shadow of a human. Sometimes they have the shadow, they're still completely engulfed in darkness, but they have a wide-brim hat. Sometimes they wear long, flowing cloaks. Now, Shadow People have been described as wearing the hats and the cloaks before. None of them have gotten to the size of 15 feet. That's that's huge. That's like two Jasons standing on top of each other. No, that's like two and a half Jasons standing on top of each other. It's quite the sight to see. And sometimes they have walking sticks. There, Some people have said that the knaves in the area avoided the area that they saw the Dark Watchers as well, but there's actually no proof that Native Americans in that area ever recorded any incidents with the Dark Watchers. Where we really start to see reports of them is when Westerners showed up. So when the Spaniards showed up way, way back in time, they saw them, they called them, this is a pretty dope name, they called them Los Vigilantes Oscuro, which I think means Batman, but I'm not entirely for sure. But they called them Los Vigilantes Oscuro. And John Steinbeck wrote a wrote a collection of short stories, and in one of the short stories, he talks about one of the characters seeing a dark watcher. Steinbeck's son was obsessed with the dark watchers and ended up writing a book just about the dark watchers. He said, "I grew up around them. It's not like they were like rocking his crib or nothing like that, but he had seen them all of his childhood. He was really obsessed with what the phenomenon could be." And I remember reading about that a long time ago in the National Directory of Haunted Places. I was like, "Oh, that is creepy! Like the idea of looking up." and something's just staring at you is very, very creepy. Now, sometimes people have reported that the creatures will do nothing, but like. so you're staring at the creature, and you just see it staring off into nothingness. Staring off across the mountains, staring into the sky. Other people have seen a move. Other people have reported this one guy was saying that he was smoking a cigarette, and when he took a puff, he saw the Dark Watcher do a similar motion other people have said they've taken their hats off and they've seen the Dark Watcher also apparently remove something from their head. I think you can see where this is going to this what? So, phenomenon. And there is a similar phenomenon in Scotland. So there's this mountain in Scotland called Ben MacDewey, or does he? And this mountain has it's very high and a lot, of, a lot of people love climbing it. And every so often this huge mist rolls in. And climbers who were up there have reported the gray man. What's the gray man? When you're hiking through the mist in the middle of nowhere, you start to hear footsteps behind you. I think that's enough. You get the point. And anyways, and these people have had an overwhelming sense of fear. Like, I've never been afraid of anything as much as I've been afraid of what was behind me. And they turn around, and behind them in the mist, they see a giant, again, like a 15-foot-tall shadow of a person walking behind them. Now, sometimes they see it when they're going up the mountain. Sometimes there's reports of them seeing coming down the mountain. Usually it's coming down the mountain, or if it is, they're very shortly coming down the mountain because they flee the area. They just see this giant figure chasing them. The first reported case of that was in the late 1700s, but it wasn't until the early 1900s where a guy, a very famous mountain climber, said he was at, like, this con- mountain climbing convention, and he goes, I gotta tell you guys something. One day I was up on Ben, Mac- ben McDewey, and this happened, and people are like, well, that's kind of a weird story, and he's like, yeah, that's why I didn't tell you that. And he was the one who was saying I was walking down the mountain, heard something behind me, turned around, saw this giant gray dude walking behind me, I took off down the mountain. But since then, other people have reported this phenomenon as well. Always comes with the mist. Always comes with the mist. So, I'm researching these stories. And at first, I heard about the Dark Watchers back when I read the book. And then I recently discovered the Gray Man. I was like, oh, this is a great story for the podcast. But it's funny because, let's go back to that story that happened in the late 1700s. The very first sighting of the Gray Man. There was a sheep herder who was herding a sheep. And the mist rolled in. and he's like oh this sucks like i got a herding sheep is already kind of hard and now i can't see anything there's all this mist everywhere and he turns and he looks up the mountain and he sees the gray man first reported sighting of it and he books it out of the mist he leaves his sheep there he runs back to his house and he's like oh my god there was the scariest thing i've ever seen something was up there i totally swear but he's like but I left all my sheep up there. He's not like a mountain climber where he can just run down the mountain and be like, I'll go climb another mountain. Like, that's his job. His sheep are up there. So the next day, he's like, damn it, I have to go back up there. He goes back up there. The mist is rolling back in. And he sees the gray man now standing a dist- quite a distance away, but still in front of him. And he's looking at it. And he's like, why is it standing exactly like me? And he takes his hat off and he sees the shadow take its hat off. And he's like, oh, it's just my reflection. Apparently, this is what these things are. And this was kind of a buzzkill. There's a thing called a brocken specter. What happens if the sun hits it at the right angle? A shadow is projected onto a cloud. So, that's what it is. These people who are up, especially Bim McDewey, Because it only happens when the mist rolls in. You're in the mist and the sun, you're basically projecting your shadow onto a cloud. And you see a giant person who's you walking after you because you turn around and it's your shadow. You're basically being scared of your shadow. And they said the thing with the sound like footsteps behind you, that can be explained a couple different ways. It's funny because I've always heard footsteps behind me all the time when I walk. When my feet are hitting gravel, it always sounds like there's someone two, three feet behind me and there's nobody there. So it could be you're walking down a mountain and every time you take a step, little rocks are coming down so it's making it sound like there's other footprints. These guys are experienced mountain climbers so they would figure that. There's also been things with the moisture in the mist is actually creating that sound as it's making rocks move around or something weird like that. So that's what most likely is the gray man of Ben McDewey. With the Dark Watchers, I think it's also probably the same thing. I think that they're actually... Now, again, because it says that you can see it at Twilight or dawn. I don't know how much sun is really flying around during Twilight, because I know that's when the vampires are out, but I think that's the same thing. Because again, basically, you look up, you're wearing, you're walking with a walking stick, and you look up on a mountain, and you see someone else with a walking stick. You're not going to think, oh, that must just be my shadow, because it's super far away. You don't think shadow works like that. But... That's mostly like, that's most likely what the Dark Watchers are as well, is the Brock inspector. Spectre. And what's funny is I imagine the Native Americans back then would walk through that valley. They'd look up, they'd see a dude up there and they'd be like, ah, it's just my shadow. and kept on walking. And it wasn't until super superstitious people came to America and started walking through that valley. And they looked up and they're like, oh, a ghost. Like, I think the Natives were like, yeah, yeah, it's probably just my shadow. It's weird. It's kind of actually, wait a second. Maybe that doesn't explain the Dark Watchers, because at least the Gray Man walks with you and makes it look like it's chasing you. But the Dark Watchers just stand there. And they don't walk with you. Hmm. Maybe the Dark Watchers are real. Just thought of that. Okay, well, let's (laughs) go ahead and move on to the... I didn't plan on that, little nugget. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic here. After I blew my own mind with the Dark Watchers, it's funny. It's pe- I, I, people complain about the show every once in a while. It mostly gets a lot of praise, which I appreciate. But one guy's like, "How come you always like act like you're shocked about this stuff? You've done research on it." I was thinking, "Well, yeah. If you listen to the show, I think you're aware of how much research I do on stuff." And two. You'd be surprised how how often when you're looking at your own notes. you. I've done that quite a few times on this show. I'm going through my notes. The Ariana Grande episode is the best example of that. Where I had my notes and I had an angle that I was going for with the story. And as I started reporting it, I was like, I'm way off on this. I think there's something more to it. So that was that. I was like, oh, the, the Dark Watchers are totally just an optical illusion. It's nothing scary. But yeah. They don't, that, I think I, I don't think it, they might actually be something interesting. I always like surprising myself, but done surprising myself for now. But that all being said, we are done walking. Our legs are sore. Oh, my calf muscles. I need some bananas. Let's eat some bananas. Let's go get some potassium. Then let's hop in the carpenter copter, baby. It's the only way to fly. We are going, we are going to Haizu Valley. Now we can't really fly over it. Well, we can, but we won't see anything. The entire area is almost always shrouded in fog. But we're not just going to Hiju Valley. We're going back in time. We're going back to the year 1949. So, in 1949 in China was not the best year if you weren't a communist. Because that's when the People's Republic of China was taking over. And... People who weren't communists were like, we got to get out of here. And especially if you were members of the army that was trying to defend the old order, you definitely needed to kick bricks because they're coming after you. The previous government that was there before the People's Republic of China took over was the Kuomintang. The Kuomintang. So 30 soldiers of the previous government were like, we got to get out of here. Grab your guns, grab your ammo, grab your supplies. We got to leave because these guys are winning the war. We're wearing the wrong uniforms. This is not going to end well for us. Well, where do you go on a hide? Person, general. And the general goes, I know a place that we can hide. place they won't look for us and we'll figure it out. Pack up all their gear. They head for Heju Valley. They move through the Black Bamboo Forest, one of the many notable sites in the area. The place is beautiful. It's lush. Mountains, valleys, waterfalls, full of endangered animals, endangered plants, plants that have died off everywhere else in China still exist in this valley. And it has this constant rolling fog. The troops get ready. They're like, okay, let's go. They're not going to find us in here. They pass through Stone's Gate, which is a natural formation, disappear into the fog. But they weren't alone. Three scouts for the People's Republic of China, their military. Three scouts were following them. They wanted to know where they were going. They were going to hook up with a larger force, what was going on. Three scouts go into the fog as well. Hizhou Valley, like I said, it's considered China's Bermuda, not just because of the mysteries the place holds, but for its beauty. It basically has almost no human interaction, so it's just nature unleashed in this area. There's a local tribe of people there that they believe that beyond Stone's Gate is where their people originated from, and now they live farther away from there, but they give tours in the area. You can go out to Heejoo Valley, walk through the Black Bamboo Forest, all that stuff, and go through the tour pretty much everywhere you want. The tour guide will lead you, but once you get to Stone Gate, they go, tour's over. We're not going over there. We don't pass Stone's Gate. You go, why not? And they go, well... For one, it's a sacred place to our people. It would be sacrilegious for us to do that. And two, you're not going to come back. So tour's over. Tour is over. After those army troops went into the mist, and the scouts followed them, a few days later, one of the scouts comes out of the mist, finds a local village, passes out. When he starts to, when he comes to, he said he had a hard time remembering what happened in the mist. But as he comes to, he starts to get his memory back. He said that they all walked into the mist. Him and his two scouts were following the 30 troops. They all walked into the mist. He says, I started to feel this weird energy surround me. I started to get really dizzy. And I looked for my two compatriots. They were gone. All trace of them were gone. No footprints. No broken branches. Nothing. They just disappeared. The 30 soldiers who walked into the valley? Never seen again. Ever. In 1950, so a year later, after that, other people went in, for numerous reasons, disappeared. 100 people in that year rumored to have disappeared. After that, we jump. I think after that, people got the, got the message. People got the message don't go over there. Because it wasn't until 1962 that a geologist team was sent in by the government to survey the area. One guy ends up coming out of the fog and says, listen, this, this is what happened. We walked in as a group into the mist past Stone's Gate, and everyone lost track of everybody else. Nobody knew where other people were at. But the thing is, the geologist said there was also this weird side effect. He lost sense of time. He could no longer tell how long he was in the fog for. There was just no way for him to gauge that. And then he said he started to hear what he described as frightening sounds and hid until there was a break in the fog and then he ran back out of Stone Gate. The rest of the geologist team, and they don't say how many people were there, but I figure maybe three to five, Never seen again. 1976. Three members of a forest prospecting team says, you know what? We yeah, all those people went missing, but we're forest prospectors. We're gonna go in and find out what these trees are. Never seen again. There's been reports that planes have gone missing over it as well. I haven't really I think that was kind of a retcon. I haven't been able to find anything to support that. One of the articles said that planes were missing. Uh, if they were, that wouldn't be too surprising. I don't think they're flying at 30,000 feet over the mountains. If the planes were flying too low, they're just going to get caught in the mist and they're going to crash. But you're definitely not getting rescued if you crash there. No one else is going to go in. So the place you can go to, the guides won't take you past Stone's Gate. You can walk through it yourself. It's not restricted by the government or anything like that. But it's pretty ill-advised if you want to go there. So the question is, is, what is going on at this valley? what is going on here? Some people say it's very explainable. Uh, You're just walking through a mountainous region. There's a lot of mist everywhere and you naturally fall off of a mountain or an an animal gets you. You know, these creatures are living in the mist all the time. They've adapted to it. They know how to work in it. They're hunting you in the mist. They were born by the mist. They were shaped by it. You were merely adopted by it. So you don't have that natural instinct of of mist-based combat. Some people think they're sinkholes. There's a bunch of sinkholes in the area, and so people walk in and fall in them. Now, my pushback to that is, I can understand if every so often a hiker went in there and went missing and disappeared, what sinkhole is going to fit 30 people? I mean, I can understand 30 people, those soldiers going in with weapons, and maybe a big, angry panda bear taking out two or three of them, doing kung fu on them. But, come on. Like, I get that you always want to come up with the natural explanations, like even Hyde did previous. Like, I get that idea. But at a certain point, after you hit 100 people in a year, I don't think you could be like, I don't know, maybe maybe 100 people are all just falling off the same mountain. That's a little ridiculous. So then you kind of do got to look at some of the weird stuff here. Now, there are some people who say that there is a mountain in the region that is shaped as a triangle, i.e. a pyramid, And this valley is on what's called a dead latitude, the same latitude as Bermuda Triangle and the pyramids of Egypt. Maybe. Could have something to do with that. It could be some sort of like geological thing. But I think for the most part, Bermuda Triangle has been fairly debunked at this point. They think it's just like huge storms have come out of nowhere. They found those hexagonal clouds, those huge water spouts. And the fact that the Bermuda Triangle is one of the most widely used shipping areas and boats and plane Ever since GPS stuff has come out and satellites and stuff like that, stuff doesn't really go missing in the Bermuda Triangle anymore. So that that's kind of debunked. And it could just be the fog. You're walking through the fog. It's too thick to see. You get lost. You get disoriented. You just keep, you could turn around, you could be walking in circles, you could think you're walking back to Stone's Gate and be walking deeper and deeper and deeper into this forest. That would be easy to test. You Just tie a string to a tree outside the fog, a a hardy string that can't be crotty-chopped by a panda, and you walk through the forest and eventually find your way out. But is there something else? I mean, the body count is awfully high for this area. Now, again, maybe since we've had GPS, people aren't really disappearing in that area, but I can't really find any proof that people are still even going into that area. But what else could lie in that fog? Could it be the fog itself that isn't just obscuring your vision, but obscuring your sense of time and space? Is it possible when you walk through that fog, you're not just entering a valley, but you're entering some sort of portal? You're going somewhere else, so you would never be found. It's interesting because the locals believe that their race, their tribe, their ethnic group came from that area. And now you are disappearing in that area. Could there be some sort of opening? Imagine a world on the other side of that portal, beautiful and lush and green, and all the beautiful species of plant life and animal life that are endangered here are plentiful there. A true Eden in that other world were those original natives who crossed over into our world and settled here as well. It would be a place. Of pure beauty. And, if you were a lost soldier looking for a place to hide from a brutal regime, you might not have found it in your native land of China. You may have found it in another world. radio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio.